0: Affordable housing. What is it? It turns out it's not so easy to define um, based on the the conversations I've had. Uh, Everyone seems to have their own definition of it. And it's something that is on all of our minds. So guess what? We're going to talk about it on the Home Buyers Hour this morning. In studio, we have one of my uh, friends and colleagues, Steve Davis. Steve, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself sure steve
1: davis Kamar group uh, compass real estate uh you can reach me at 312-513-6314 or my email address is stevedavis at compass.com or my instagram is i'm Steve Davis.
0: all right good stuff um i've been looking at the numbers lately and quite frankly i've been disappointed um and really we only have ourselves to blame uh when i say numbers i mean you know viewership and and listeners and all that so we've decided we need to shake up the lineup we need to get some some new blood in here. We need to get some people who you know can can really can really impress the listeners and you know to really bring something to the table that you know our friend you know I I love him dearly, but you know it's it's you know for some reason the the home buyers hour with Charlie Belfontaine just isn't isn't getting things done. So <laughs> we brought his colleague Mark McCutcheon in, who I, I think Hello. is going to do an excellent job of uh, you know actually. You know, I'm pressing some people this week. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> hey,
2: everybody. It's Mark McCutcheon, uh, again, with Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Uh, you can reach out to us if you need to schedule an inspection at 312-544-9180 or at
0: thehomeinspectors.com. That's what's up, um, and and right. So, one one thing, and we already have an improvement. Is that I I now know how to find the websites because what you've said is the home inspectors and of the home inspectors. <laughs> Very um, Chicago accent, Charlie. All right, all right. I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop bagging on John's. There's dos and yeah, a's. He, he's gonna call in and give me a he's look. Throwing those,
1: he's throwing those things back and forth already. All
0: mm, oh, right, that's right. He's you know I sh- yeah. I should have given darts. him. Yeah. He's, he's gonna have a virtual darts. malarkey flag, um, and yeah, today unfortunately our our favorite and even if he's not here he's still my favorite mortgage broker uh Joey matthews he has been stricken with the flu he has children and when they get sick guess what um i'm told that's hap that's what happens so instead of uh torturing him and, and making him talk about what the uh mortgage rates are right now um instead of him getting plenty of fluids and uh you know uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna give him the week off, and uh, everyone out there, you know, go get vaccinated, um, and you know, try to stop the spread of all this stuff. I've heard it's, is going around. All right, enough of that PSA. Um, by the way, we are on 8:20 a.m., where facts matter, and so let's let's get talking about it, um, Steve. The reason I brought this topic up is because uh, Alderman Robinson, who is our Alderman for the Fourth Ward here in Chicago, uh, came and gave a, uh, and talked to us in my building last night um, about a variety of topics. Um, you know, the migrant issue being the, you know the top one really uh, that city government is dealing with. But another thing that came up uh, in connection with um, you know the discussion, I think that's been ongoing. Um, you know across the country really is affordable housing and how to get more of it uh, out there and a lot of people um, have the idea that because there is quite a bit of commercial uh, space that is vacant at the moment that that is an opportunity to convert that space into residential and there are some hurdles to Converting commercial space, when you're talking about high rises, it's not like you can just wave a magic wand, uh, throw up some walls, and turn those into apartments. Because the way they're constructed, you know, even with uh, the utilities and different things, um, there's a lot more to it than just partitioning it off, right? So, um, one thing that the Alderman said is that what they what they really aim to do is to increase. Uh, housing that is available for working class folks and he defined those folks as people who are earning a uh, household income of between 55 and 60,000 a year. Now, I found that to be interesting and, and so did my wife as a matter of fact. She she really um, you know, her ears perked up cuz she was thinking, you know, what is the def- definition of working class? What is affordable housing? And and Steve, when I talked to you earlier this morning about Working class and affordable housing being housing aimed at people with household incomes between 55 and 60K. Uh, You had a reaction to that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I mean, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, between 55 and 60K, I
1: think it depends on where you're living at. Um, So, depending on what county, depending on if you're in the city or if you're actually outside of the city, you know, if you're down south, you know, that sort of thing. The thing is, is that I think the affordable housing aspect, I think it's, I still think it's regulated by the government, by, um, you know, by the state. And I'm not talking about Section 8 aspect, I'm talking about in general. And they say that poverty, uh, according to what we were looking at this morning was, you know, as low as, you know, 23,600 in the city, which I happen to think is extremely low. Extremely. Um, But at the same time, I mean, I I guess it depends, right? the as far as the migrant aspect to it and where they should go and you know what's best for them and so on that's obviously something that's out of our immediate control um the you know the public's um thought process with this is that oh yeah there's this a bunch of commercial space and we should be able to make that happen and blah blah blah. like you said it's not as cut and dry as you know just putting partitions up and
0: we're gonna go so mm-hmm. yeah, um, w- one thing that the alderman brought up is that, um, like, say for example, storefronts that are uh, d- set up as commercial space, you know, th- those are probably more mm, amenable to, to becoming residential space. But you know, in, in terms of that moving the needle, you know, com- converting a handful of uh, storefronts into to residences, that that's not going to solve the problem, right? That, no, that's not at a, all. It's very much a, a, a band-aid approach. Um, so, you know, and, and I don't think we want to be so short-sighted to say, well, let's convert all of our commercial space uh, that's available into residential space and then create a crisis of having no commercial space either. And, and that was also something that, that the alderman touched on, which is that, you know, these approaches need to be uh, thought about more as long-term uh, solutions, as opposed to you know, let's do this thing now because of this immediate problem that we're trying to solve, and create seven problems going forward. And you know, those those kinds of approaches are are not sustainable. I don't think. Um, you know, when when we talk about affordable housing, you know, I, I think with uh, here at the Home Buyers Hour, we're typically talking about uh, purchasing and and sale of of. Of residences right yep. uh, we're not really talking about the rental market um, so maybe we can touch on you know at different price points uh, mark maybe you can can kind of uh, chime in here mm-hmm. um, does the the price of the home does that ever come into consideration in, in so far as when you are uh, approaching a home that you're going to inspect
2: uh, not not really I mean we have uh the same process i think everything comes down to process for us the same process happens for every single house whether you know no matter the size of it but i would say that we do tend to find more issues typically with a lower priced house than we would see um with the higher end homes and i think some of that has to do with the um sophistication of the buyers because they under you know they've, this isn't their first home typically when it's a more expensive house, they understand have been in other houses and know what to look for or fix and stuff like that. A lot of times for the lower end stuff, it's a first-time home buyer um, or they're they're in a jam or something where they can't get much past it and things tend to be wrong with it because they're kind of, um, Trying to uh, just just get along with the minimum that they can do, so that they don't have to spend a lot of money and stuff. So we see see more issues typically on on lower uh, price point houses.
1: Would you also say it's because of the when they built the house in general? Yes, yeah. So
2: it's it's definitely a combination. So those Mm -hmm. you know, they're doing some really good work in trying to bring up the uh, level of code and stuff that they're doing for all the new builds that we're doing for lower end brand new buildings for lower end housing, but the old stock was definitely slapped together fast. So you have a double whammy of, uh, it wasn't built really great to begin with, compounded with the fact that then over time as it went on, it wasn't taken care of as well. So that that just multiplies, you know. So it's extremely important essentially to get a home inspection on lower end houses because they tend to have a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah no, there's no doubt sense. about
0: that. Um, I mean, I, you know, an inspection I think is, is critical for just about anyone, especially, you know, your average consumer that's not uh, investing in real estate regularly uh, to to get a pair of eyes that, that is trained to look and see what's going on. Um, you know, I often, especially, you know, when someone is buying their starter home, I often uh, encounter situations where you know they're looking at it, and it's like, look, I, I don't have it in the budget. Once I buy this house, and, and I spend uh, a a significant chunk of my liquid, yeah, uh, of, of my no more assets, funds, yeah, no more funds if, after the purchase. Yeah, if I've got to put a new roof on for fifteen grand, um, you know, oh, yeah. in six months' time, it's it's not there. Yeah, um, and and those kinds of things, they they can really, uh. You know, compound on, to- on top of themselves. You, you can't replace the roofs, and now you've got leaks that are coming in. And now you're spending that money you would be saving on drywall repairs and other things yep. like that. On the patch repairs, yeah, exactly. So f- without question, if you
2: have a, a tight budget post the purchase of the property, then you need to really understand what is going on with the house and then budget those problems you know, moving forward so that you know what, what to expect. And if you, you can do your your math on that, if it doesn't add up, then you probably should be looking for, for a house that's further along or, or in better shape or, or whatever you want to call it. So that you don't have those surprise uh, uh, issues slash money coming at you, you know, after you've already
0: bought it. Steve is that typically something you're going to talk to the inspector about you know look you know as far as you know this particular buyer and, and their financial situation you know they really look you know you really need to key in on you know perhaps some of the the more expensive big ticket items and, and make sure that we're not looking at you know at least to the extent that you can identify things of that nature or, or as opposed to someone who you know might be further along in their journey um and you say look you know this there's the focus is, is a bit different with this with this buyer. Is that a conversation you would have with an inspector? So I, I preempt
1: my clients all the time after you know before we have the inspection, kind of what they can expect, um, you know, for what the inspector is going to find. Um, also to provide, <clears throat> you know, uh, resources in any way that I can to explain, you know, if these are <clears throat> this is going to come up. Uh, this is probably going to be a red flag. You have to understand that it's not that big of a deal. Basically, what that means is this, right? So, yeah, I mean, I have that conversation with my clients. I always preempt them so they're aware, especially first-time home buyers, because they can get um, nervous based on the fact that they've never done this before. You know, we do this every single day, um, as well as inspectors do this every single day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to that, having the conversation beforehand, for sure. And then when it comes to the inspector, you <clears throat> and their inspection and findings, you know, I use inspectors um, that are based on, you know, being truthful and honest to my clients and more importantly, and know what they're doing. Um, I think when you uh, you know work with any kind of buyer, especially a first time home buyer, they need to be aware of what's super important. Yeah, so, they
2: need to be educated. Right? Yeah, like I was getting earlier, they don't know.
1: Education don't really is know. key, and, and unless you have the experience to give them uh, as well as to preempt them on certain things, it's gonna come to a shock to them, and it might really worry them to buy a house in general. So the answer to that is absolutely have that conversation beforehand, and then also use a reputable company as well. Um, that makes
0: a huge difference. Yeah, no, there, there's no question about that. Um, I, let, let me let me bring up perhaps a, a tangential topic, um, which is, I think, and, and I, th- I think we have I have conversations with conversations with Charlie off air more than on air ab- about this particular thing. But I know he's big on um, encouraging people to you know all things considered equal to to buy rather than uh, rent. Do, do you ever get into situations where you're you know in terms of educating a client? Um, you know you're showing them comparable like you know here's what your monthly payment would be mortgage wise for you know that the type of home that, that you want to purchase as opposed to you know what the rents are with something comparable do you ever get into that yeah absolutely I mean I have that conversation
1: with people a lot especially with last year based on the fact that the rates were on the higher side obviously um, it made a big difference with people saying well should I rent should I should I buy and it's you know it's that Difficult conversation for them to decide and to realize, okay, this is there's some value here. There's not some value here Maybe we should wait. Maybe we should go, you know We rent we buy now then we refinance so on. that was our kind of our pitch last year to explain to the clients and you know Some people took advantage of that knowing that it's gonna be a very different market than it is this year so when it comes down to that, I always work on the pluses and the minuses of buying versus renting. The other thing is, I have a rule of thumb: If you're spending over 2,500 dollars in rent, you're buying. Like it's silly not to, because the chances of you spending less um, on a typical mortgage per month, even with assessments, you know, it, it, that's over 2,500, you might as well buy and actually build equity. Um, so that's my rule of thumb. However, it's got to be right per person, right? So it's individualized. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if you, just like we talked about the education aspect yeah. with buying a house, understanding inspection. Well, if you're deciding to purchase versus rent, it's the same thing, which is educate, help educate the 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 consumer out there, making sure they understand. Here's your options. Here's why. Does this make sense? Does it, you know, which which way does it make sense per se? So mm. having that conversation, it's all about education. It's the same thing as anything in our business. It's all about educating, make sure the clients have the facts to make the best decision for yeah. themselves.
2: I mean, everybody's unique. It's just like every house. Every house that we inspect is going to have something different than the last thing. Everybody's financial scenario is going to be different than the rest. Right. And those two things match together are going to be unique themselves. <laughs> so, you know, communication is is excellent in, on yeah. all fronts for who you're hiring as professional.
0: Yeah. Well, and Steve, I, I don't have 20% to put down. How, sure. how am I supposed to buy a house? It's a great question. There's other opportunities, other products out there that
1: you can do. You know, there's a, a new thing since, uh, I want to say it was the 19th of November came out, maybe, give or take. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, our, uh, our favorite mortgage lender isn't here right now to answer <laughs> that question. But... Um, it's where you can put five percent down on a single up to a certain price point, uh, a two flat up to a certain price point, a three flat up to a three, up to you know two to four units, um, and you only have to put five percent down. So, no, you don't have to have that much money. It all depends on your credit, it all depends on your income, it all depends on all those different things. And obviously, a lender will break that down for you more. But, you know, you're inside of oh well, I don't have five percent to put down, or I don't have twenty percent to put down. The misconstrument out there is the same thing as I always say, which is you need to have the facts before making the decision. Mm-hmm. And if you have the facts, then you can make the decision that's best for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's there's no question about that. Um, you know, and it, it, look, it. some of this might sound obvious, right? It's, some of you might be sitting there watching or listening to this and, and you're thinking, well, duh, you know, but it, it, it has come to my attention, um, you know, let's just say this being that i am you know so far in this business a lot of this stuff to me it goes without saying right that you can put down three and a half percent on an fha uh loan and and borrow the rest of it and you know it a lot of a lot of times that sort of thing even though i can conceptualize it i've seen all the paperwork i've seen what you know that can end up being in terms of uh, a monthly payment i mean shoot i bought my the condo I live in today, I bought it with uh, an FHA loan, uh three percent down. And you know, it it's fantastic that that that's available. But what you know, when you're when you're talking, you know, numbers, three three and a half percent of a of a hundred thousand is thirty five hundred. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna buy a two hundred thousand dollar home, it's seven thousand that you've got to come with come up with out of pocket. If you're gonna buy a three hundred thousand dollar home, uh it's ten five. Okay. Well then you have to worry about closing costs as well. So you gotta add yeah. those things in too. What I often find is that when when you're looking if you're if if you are income if your income is fine but you're cash poor, that's where you start to to talk about closing costs uh, being paid by the seller, things of that nature. I mean there's literally a space in the multi board seven to fill in mm-hmm. uh, for closing costs. So you can get uh, seller assistance with that, um, it then you know the, 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 it, it can call into question sometimes whether or not it's going to appraise out. More often than that, more often than not, it does appraise out. And mm-hmm. you know, being able to leverage the fact that you can afford monthly payment X, you know, I, I I I think the reason I'm bringing this up is just to you know for the tens of people that are are going to hear this, I, I want you to know. That even if you feel like, gee, I just don't have the cash to make this work, you would be surprised. You would yeah. be surprised if you have a four hundred and one k. You're gonna, you, you may be able to uh, leverage that um, by borrowing from it without paying that penalty. Or an IRA, for example, you can uh, take some money that you might have saved for retirement and utilize that in certain circumstances. And I wish Joey was here to to kind of talk more about that because, mm. you know. You, often you you will sort of overlook the fact that you know you have these savings that yeah no they're not a- accessible to you necessarily um, you know to pay for certain I uh, lost my oh there we go uh, to to pay for you know your your. Ongoing expenses, but for the specific instance of buying a home, you may be able to unlock, you know, that as yeah. and leverage it. But you can do, you can definitely do that, but you can and you can
1: also possibly get credits from the seller. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to understand the market as well. So again, it goes back to education. It all goes back to communicating with your client and letting him know. Listen, you know, this is an option. But we also have to find a seller that would be willing to give that closing credit or give that this or that or whatever. And the thing is, is that too many times agents will promise something they can't deliver. Mm. And that's not fair. And the fact is, is that you're not supposed to do that to convince a buyer to buy a property. Here are your options, excuse me, here are your options, here are possibilities. But also understand that this, during whatever market you're at, so for market right now, <clears throat> the chances of me telling you that we could get closing credits is pro- probably not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, probably not good. No, because, right. the, because the supply and demand and the buyers are coming out of the woodwork because we all knew that the, when the rates were going to come down, prices are either going to stay the same or go up, and the inventory is not going to get any better. Sure, there's going to be about 30 properties that pop up instead of five but now you've got twice as many buyers so you're going to have when it comes down to trying to get a, a you know trying to get a, a closing cost credit you got steep competition it, it, well, that's true. <laughs> it's it's crazy that's true. It, and, you know, and that's the and that's the thing you have to explain to to buyers especially first time home buyers they're all excited about doing this but if you don't if you don't help them stay educated and you don't help them stay like
0: understanding the markets then you're you're doing a disservice to them immediately Steve, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because it it is super important. You know, if you're just going to go and, and ram your head against the against the wall and you know make an offer on a on a property that's already got ten competing offers, and you are going to have some, you know, less than solid. You know, you're not going to be an eighty twenty borrower, for example. There's a good chance that that you're not going to win that bidding war. Um, but there are there are certainly properties out there that aren't necessarily getting those. Um, you know those, that level of uh, competitiveness, and, sure, and you true. know it, it depends yeah. on where you're looking, what you're looking for. Um, you know, take for example, if if you're trying to do that uh, that four unit building that is in an emerging neighborhood that needs some work done, you you may be able to walk in there with an FHA 203 K offer. Um, You know, knowing that you're going to do some work to the property, that you're going to level it up. um, And, and, you know, that's where you can see things that a lot of other people can't. You're going to you're in a different you're in a different market entirely when you're looking along those lines, as opposed to someone that's looking to buy a turnkey condo in River North who and they don't want to do anything to it and but again how are you going to get an fha loan if the property is not
1: fha approved if you play the game long enough in other words you're in the business long enough you know what's going to be acceptable as FHA and what is not. So creating proper expectations for your clients will make a big difference too.
0: Yeah, no, I, 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 there's there's no question about it. There's no question about it. There's uh, you're 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 doing everyone a disservice if, if you're just gonna you know run around with without any sort of concept of of what makes sense and what doesn't. Um, you know you're gonna waste your time. You waste the buyer's time. All that stuff. All right, as Charlie is fond of saying. Yeah. Let's go around the horn, um, <laughs> Mark. Tell me about your company. Tell me about the uh, you know the owner, who is just our, our hey, favorite person around, sure. and how the heck do you do you go about hiring you or one of your colleagues?
2: Well, if you needed to get us on the interwebs and you wanted to look up all our reviews and stuff, uh, you can go to thehomeinspectors.com, and there you will uh, you'll see just a lot of people weighing in on. what an exceptional service that we do have uh besides that you can call 312-544-9180 if you wanted to schedule over the phone what it sets us apart i think uh is charlie and all of us i mean everybody that is an inspector in our group is is very very good Mm -hmm. and we're well trained And I think, but more than anything, and what we've kind of been dancing around here on this whole conversation is communication. Mm. I think everybody is a very strong
0: communicator
2: (laughs) (laughs) in our group. Yeah, yeah,
0: we had a a very spirited discussion at at breakfast this morning about, um, you know, really how difficult it can be to work with people that just don't. Communicate. Value, uh, yeah. communicate. You know, communicating things that are happening.
2: Exactly, <laughs> and especially on a home inspection, what the thing is is that you're getting into some technical territory. So there's two ways that it can go. You can have somebody who is an inspector that comes in and is like, "That's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong," and gets everybody into a tizzy, uh, or you can have somebody that's like, "Yeah, that might be wrong, but this happens often," and 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 kind of takes you through the nuances of how that. Has how that could come to be in the house and then what it takes to fix it and is it that big a deal or not so all those kind of nuances of communication and just walking people through it is something that's above and beyond not all companies do that and I think that that's why we excel and get all the good reviews and stuff Is especially uh, first time home buyers mm-hmm. because they're the ones that really They've never dealt with a water heater before. They've never seen a furnace act weird. They've never looked at their electrical panel. So you're just kind of taking them through like, hey, this is how it works. This is typical. Yours is the right size for this type of house. All those different things is, is stuff that you can depend on all of our guys to do. Yeah. Uh, but more than anything, I would say is is Charlie in the sense that we are very unique that he would go over, if you want to, it's optional. But if you wanted to go over the report again with him, now you get a second inspector's eyes of somebody who's been in the field for Decades, looking at that report again, and kind of talking it through with you as the uh, as the client, as the buyer person who's gotten a report to to understand again. Oh yeah, what what does this mean? Like, how bad is it? Because inevitably, what happens at inspections? I'm sure that both of you were uh, definitely. Steve knows that uh, you get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. There's so many things going on. First time buyers, they're hearing a thousand things that are wrong with the house at once after they were just in love with it. So now they're stressed out. They're not mm-hmm. retaining information. At the end of that, they get a report that's miles long, and ours are a mile long. I'm, they any are. reputable company should have one that's that long, in a sense, uh, because there's a lot to discuss. But they're, they get overwhelmed. So to go over it again and 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 slow down and and take your time. And, and Charlie would would schedule time with you to go through the report again, talk about it, see if he concurs with what we found, and just sort of. Uh, uh, Hold, you know, hold your hand through that report process again I think is invaluable and is it's it uh, it removes anxiety from buyers yeah it's At, he, it's or, a unique or definitive feature. if he sees yeah. something and is like that's really bad you have a definitive answer. Yeah, we should right. probably, you know, this is a
0: problem. This is a $35,000 issue that's <laughs> yeah. going to pop up, you yeah, know, sooner soon. than later. Um, right. But, yeah, that you know, the, the second set of eyes is really, you know, the unique aspect of, uh, I think, what you guys have to offer. And, you know, to me... One thing that's really important uh, in, in an inspector is, is someone that is going to remove their ego from the situation. Mm. You know, I, I really don't want an inspector who views themselves as like the savior. I'm going to yeah. save you from every situation because now, now you're looking at things from the perspective of I need to find something wrong so that I can, you know, so that my identity as your savior is yeah. is uh, is intact is preserved. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's no good. It's, it's not a good situation to be in. No. So I'm, I'm glad that you know you yes. talked about being <laughs> a more steward more pragmatic about it, I would love that approach. Steve, tell me about you.
1: So, um, Steve Davis, uh, my number is 312-513-6314, and uh, my email address is stevedavis at compass.com, and um, my Instagram would be I'm Steve Davis. One of the things you brought up I think is crucial, and I would emphasize it again, uh, Mark, is the fact of being able to get a second set of eyes on it. Mm. You know, as a Agent that is representing the buyer and going through it and preempting them <clears throat> before the inspection, and obviously going through it as we're going through the inspection. <clears throat> I think, you know, our job is to help them understand things, but at the same time, you know, the re emphasis of saying, listen, this probably is not going to be a big deal. You know, obviously, the inspection will show, you know, the report itself will show you know, where we're at with this and if it is a big deal and so on. And then we could put price point on it and see if we want to move forward or we don't. Right. And I think <clears throat> with Charlie doing the follow-up follow aspect um, is probably one of the best things that any inspection company can do because it makes a big difference and they feel like not only are they getting the advice from their agent who they're trusting to... You know, work with them on their biggest um, purchase of their life, yeah. but also to get a reiteration from an inspector who actually is even more advanced than the agent is, yeah. um, because they do a different profession, right?
2: I think it comes so. down
1: to too, is what you're getting at, is that? Don't tell me if I'm wrong, but
2: like mm-hmm. uh, the time to do it. So I think a lot of times you don't get the uh, you have an inspector who's very busy and they're sometimes doing two. three up to even four sometimes inspections a day they don't have time to give those calls or they're in between everything to kind of get back to you and like go over that report and they're going to be brief and quick and so now they're very busy when charlie's just doing this all the time and he's just he's sending it as soon as the inspection's done he's saying here's my schedule let's set up an hour to talk now you know You've automatically just had time to go over this again, where everybody can get together and and, and work together to try to sort sift through what's important to us or not. Where you just don't you just don't get that uh, from everybody, sheerly because of how busy they are. You know, he's dedicated yeah. himself to this communication, really.
1: But I also think that even if you're busy, you still do your job. Yeah, folks, and I totally. think that's a big thing that yeah. uh, a lot of different professions lack. Yeah, you know, we had this conversation this morning. This would be another hour of a podcast, but <laughs> the fact is communication in all aspects, especially when you're working with uh, someone who is, you know, b- making one of the biggest decisions in their life, you know, they need to have that special attention. Sure. And whether or not you're working with 10 people at the same time, they need to feel like they're number one. And right. that what that's what makes a big difference in our business. And that's... And and I would say that's one of the main reasons why I've been as fortunate I have as I continue to be, is being able to provide that value. Um, And you could, you know, fortunately, there'd be you know 90% of my clients would tell you the same thing, which is there's no other way of doing things. Yeah, I think there's some people, and it sounds like we're very similar. Some people
2: Mm -hmm. just have the natural tendency to be inquisitive and go further and just want to help and really know. Right, so yeah, I want when I go into an inspection and stuff, I really, actually, truly want to kind of figure out that house. I want to know that's just my natural inquisitiveness, you know. So I take my time, and we only do one a day for that reason. If I show up and it's pretty good, it's gonna to go fast, you know. Like I'm looking around pretty hard, it's gonna go quick. If it's if it's taking me a long time, there's a reason for that because there's some just trouble with the house, you know. Usually, and I want to know really well what's going on so that i can then relate that information to them and be like hey I, it didn't make sense to me i looked into it a little bit harder and i think i have an idea of what's happening and you know the you spe- can move on from there
1: the specific attention to detail makes a big difference yeah exactly and i appreciate it from I, a realtor perspective and exactly. i know the homeowner would, or the the purchaser would, would yeah. be as well But it,
2: but the way that you were talking earlier even saying stuff about like it's not necessarily the end if you don't think that you have the uh, the budget to do this stuff, or the way that you're talking about walking them through their rental scenario. That's the extra effort there. That's mm-hmm. the that's not just jumping into like, oh, I want to make a sale. So you could definitely be able to buy a house. Let's go looking. You know, you're gonna walk them to. And there yeah, is that are possible? those realtors
1: out there. So oh, there's just tons throwing of throwing it out there for anyone who's yeah. listening to this because <laughs> I'll tell you what Dude. that happens all the time. I see but it. I yeah. love getting those clients because I realize that as soon as they had a bad experience with another client. Yeah. or another agent, I'm golden, you're because look, I don't do that.
2: You're going to look like a hero yeah, right away, well, just, just from the talking.
1: I just, just think it's important to be honest. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't... I, I've walked into properties before where I'm just like, huh. yeah, I don't know if this is going to be a good fit based on your search criteria, based on what you're looking for. Yeah. You know, and that's just... And I'm not telling them one way or another. I just say, this is my opinion. Yeah. You know, but I'm not the one buying the property. Right. Right? So it's the same thing as a, after an inspection. You know, listen, there is a considerable amount of damage here, mm. considerable amount of things that you have to deal with, but it's just, it's some things out there. Are you willing to take them on or not? If not, that's okay. Yeah. You know, but if you are, then understand this is what you're getting yourself into. Right.
0: Yeah, and eyes wide open. You're I looking know, for a turnkey, right. and this place looks like the house and Home Alone too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Just one, watched it. One thing, I, yeah, my I holiday like season. Too. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you know, the, the, the yeah, the, the the one thing that that takes me out of that movie is the 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 orange-based yep. guy, but anyways... Put himself um, in.
2: Did you ever read it? Well, we'll get into it.
0: I'll Google it later. I'm yeah. sure I'll be horrified. Um I'm <laughs> Patrick Loftus. <laughs> yeah? Oh, yeah. Tell us about yourself. How, how about, Patrick, how about a segue? About how about a segue? Yeah, we, we 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 killed your around uh, the horn. No, no. worries. No the ball worries. stopped. You know, uh yeah, dropping the ball all the time. Mm. Uh, I'm Patrick Loftus. I'm a real estate lawyer with Loftus i Find me on social media at loftus underscore law on Instagram, at loftus law on TikTok. I... Post on social media just about every day. Every day, it's pretty and cool. It's good stuff. I, you know, cancel myself every other day. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's, that's how you get all the views on TikTok. Is to say something super controversial, like you know, no one, not, provocative. Like not everyone deserves, uh, you know, affordable housing. See, I just canceled myself. So you know, there's 25. I'm WCPT man. Uh, <laughs> where facts matter. Uh, so that that was meant as you know yeah, tongue in kidding. cheek. Um, so I, I want to kind of turn the, the conversation a little bit um, to to something that uh, I didn't tell either of you uh, at Ooh. breakfast. How about that? Surprise I was, topic. Uh, very surprised. Yeah, yeah. One, one of my so one of my favorite um, activities is to doom scroll various social media, whether it be TikTok or, or Reddit. Um, Could you explain to what that means, please? Doom for scroll the, for the I,
1: people that don't know what that means. So doom scroll, yeah. <laughs> Do, doom <laughs> have you heard it before? Doom scroll? Yeah, doom scroll. I have no idea what that oh, means. Yeah, all right,
0: hold on you know, joke. Steve. I, I love Steve because he's got such a positive outlook. Yeah, right. <laughs> he <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't even know scream. what doom scrolling is. That's doom funny. doom scrolling is, is is that type of thing where you know you're it's it's one a.m. You should have been in bed about an hour ago. Uh-huh. Um, but you know you've you've got you've gone down a rabbit hole yeah, of some kind of Thing that is just you know making you it's usually making you upset. It's uh, you know provocative. Yeah, you're thinking and,
2: you've read it now. You think the world's gonna end, and you're going deeper and deeper down. And into you like just red. yeah, you no, that's my this. wife. That's not me. Yeah, <laughs> well,
0: that's yeah. good. So she's right. So my, my wife is responsible for both her mind and my mind. It sounds like your wife is in the is in the same um, yeah, the boat.
1: Um, I so, think it's all about how you perceive life and what's going on around you and everything else. Sometimes people are, you know, they have to they have to understand every little detail to understand every little thing that's going mm. on in the world or whatever. I'm not a person that puts my head in the sand per se, but at the same time like if it's one thing you know that's a major, something major that's happening, it, it's gonna, they're gonna talk about it again. Mm. And I don't need to keep looking into it.
0: Well, for me, uh, if, if, I, if I ultimately find out enough about something, I can control it somehow, which is totally not true, but that's that's how, <laughs> that's how, that's how my brain works. So anyways. The um, opposite of it. Right, so <laughs> I'm, I'm on Reddit and, and, you know, if you ever want inspiration for, you know, something. Inspiration. <laughs> well, God. inspiration for the doom scroll well okay so the, the, the real estate subreddit is is a place I like to go because it's it's, it's a place where you're not necessarily you're, you're going to be talking to people that ha- are coming from a lot of different backgrounds they are going to be renters in there there's going to be real estate brokers mortgage mm. brokers attorneys there's going to be a lot of just plain old consumers and you know the reason even though I get annoyed by some of the stuff I see there because it's like oh how do you not know that you know his nose up in the air. Um, I I really, you know, I I, I try to keep my my finger on the pulse of the common man, uh, so to speak, but a thread I saw that actually gave me a little bit of uh, green shoots, if you will, is um, there was a thread where there were a number of people who were talking about, okay, interest rates have, you know, settled at, you know, wherever they're at, you know, what are what are we doing now? You know, what where what is our next move? And there were a lot of people talking, you know, we've we've uh talked about how if you are at let's say 3% with your mortgage and you want to move up because you need another bedroom because you've got a, 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 another child on the way, but that move up is going to cost you way more so much more Dang. that is prohibitive one thing that a number of people not that we're talking about is look yes that is the case the monthly payment is going to you know is going to jump up however that monthly payment is it also takes into consideration how much money you're putting down a lot of people who bought homes in 2020 and 2021 have a lot of equity yes they do okay so even if you're moving up to a more expensive home Mm -hmm. at a higher interest rate, if you are rolling that equity into that next home, there's a path forward in many instances that I I don't think until I saw that thread, I really had given a lot of consideration to. So when we talk about, you know, sellers, you know, just aren't going to want to be moving, I think we're going to... we're creative. People are going to get creative. Sure. Well, okay. And, and, you know, we talked about seller um, uh, credits, Mm -hmm. you know. I think it's instructive to look at, say for example, how did uh, how did home sellers, new construction sellers navigate the waters? How were they selling homes in the early 90s, in the early 80s when you had interest rates that were up? Early you know, 70s. Touching 20, right? How were they doing it? They were getting creative with offering uh you know incentives credits we're gonna uh you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna move some of these um these pieces on the chessboard around uh to make it work and i think that when you know those are the professionals and those kinds of things trickle down you know yeah. it, it, it you don't have to reinvent the wheel right you see right. oh that's how someone else is making this work i should look into that more and find out more about it i think we are going to see some people well i think we're gonna see more people adapting in in different ways. Uh, sellers are going to find ways to use the equity they've built up. You know, the fa- the fact of uh, housing costs getting higher, the, you know, the price of homes getting higher. There's two sides to that equation. There's the buyer side where there's, you know, a lot of understandable hand-wringing about I couldn't afford it when it was $100,000 less. What do you mean I'm supposed to buy it when it's a $100,000 more? There are on the other side of those equations people with a hundred thousand dollars more money uh that, they can that use, came fast right yeah. that they can use to afford the, that next jump up perhaps so i i think we're going to see um more and more people and you know this was something i talked about you know several months ago where it's the the frog in the frying pan right you put the frog in the frying pan turn the heat up uh it's at a certain point, that's when they when you jump sure. out. You don't jump out right when they turn the heat on. <laughs> okay. Steve, Google it. It's, it. I'm not the one that came up with this. Okay, this I, is a metaphor. I, I I can't claim to have him. And he always comes that. up with interesting stuff.
1: Though I'm like, what?
0: Steve is always waiting. He's like, it's gonna come around. It is. He's just sitting there waiting right now. Here comes the gerbil starts going. Yeah. No, I hear you. I'll I do my best to to pay off my very very long winded and winding and twisty that's just the way my brain works the ADHD in me it just like yeah. goes like Doom, boom 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 boom, oh and we'll circle it back and there we go we Found it. um so you know Steve maybe you can tell me have you seen anything along those lines in your conversations with prospective clients or is I would love to have Joey here thanks flu stupid flu stupid flu um but you know since we don't have Joey here are you seeing anyone who's you know saying to you look you know we're 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 gonna cut the cord on our three uh, percent, knowing yeah. that we've got the equity and and you know we're gonna do but, it.
1: Yeah, basically those conversations have been had, um, but I've also had the other conversations, which is, you know, well, it doesn't make sense for me to sell, but you know, I can go ahead and rent, right? Mm-hmm. And. By all means it makes sense because if you can get positive cash flow out of it, why wouldn't you? Right. If your if your rate is at three, you know, two point four percent when we had it that low, then by all means, right? The other thing you can do is that if you bought that property and your rate is two point three percent, let's say, right? And <clears throat> you bought the property at eight hundred and now you could sell for a million, well, that's two hundred thousand in equity. And then on top of that, whatever you've paid off as well. So again, if you bought an 18, 19, 17, like you said, there's equity in the house, Mm -hmm. and it's not just based off of what you paid, it's about what you can sell for. So what has happened is, is I've talked to many people that they wanna buy something bigger, right? Uh, They're having a kid on the way, or the fact is is that their space just isn't doing it for them anymore. Maybe they just wanna buy. And the thing is is that, okay, so based on what you're paying now, and rent goes back to rent, right? If you're you're paying 2200 dollars in rent right now, and you can buy a place, and now you're only going to pay twenty four hundred dollars in mortgage, well, that's only two hundred dollars more, and now you're building equity, right?
0: And, and right. it's and a lot of that's going to be deductible on your income tax, which that too, you know, right. th- that's that's one of those things that um, I think you know, people kind of have ten- over. they have a tendency to forget to mention that. Um, you know, depending on your situation and, and, you know, how much interest and and property taxes and all that you pay, once you get above this standard deduction, every every additional dollar that you can deduct is less tax that you'll pay. And, you know, I know things have changed since they uh, changed the tax code in 2018, um, but that used to be, you know, a a huge thing where you'd say, look, you know, at your tax rate, if you're deducting every bit of this mortgage interest, you know, that's, that's a hi- hidden value that, that you didn't realize you were getting.
1: It is, but it's also something you don't want to just tell someone. It's the same thing as, oh, you're doing this? Oh, it's a write-off. Oh, it's yeah, a write-off. Yeah. That's a right, write right, right. just Let sh- me tell you something. Jerry, it's a write-off. Like sh- 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 loving. Let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. <laughs> Talk to an accountant to figure out what your regrets yeah. are. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Don't, don't listen to Joe Schmo over there that says, you know, and not me. I'm just saying in general, like, someone just like, oh, it's not a write-off. Isn't that a write-off? Yeah. You know, I buy... Um, season tickets for the Bears every year, okay? It's painful. It's excruciatingly painful, especially when they suck. However, when they're good, or if you appreciate football like I do, okay, then that amount you can write off so much. You can't write off the entire thing. You can only write off the entertainment aspect food-wise, so on. Yeah, they change that out It doesn't mean 17 beers with your buddies. It has to do with the fact of the food, right? So you got to be, right? So... Back to what we were talking about. Yeah, it's a write-off to a certain point, but the you know having the clarification and the again being educated from your CPA mm-hmm. will allow you to know okay this is how much I can write off, this is how much I can't. So depending on what you're buying as far as your purchase and your home, finding out how that works as a write-off, finding out you know whatnot, right? So I bought a car at one point, like the the, the realtor thing. Like if you meet realtors. They most likely will have either a fancier SUV, okay? That's Tesla. heavier. Tesla. Okay. No, no, it's fancier, well, uh, technically, uh, I guess. So, so many Teslas. Yeah, but you can't write <laughs> them off because they're not heavy enough. And the other thing is, is that if a car is over, no, no, I think it's like 6,500 pounds or whatever it is type thing, there was a time when all kinds of agents were getting SUVs constantly. Mm-hmm. Jeeps were a big thing. I mean, <laughs> you know, Range Rovers for sure. But the thing is, is that how much is that actually allowed to be write, written off? So that's important to know these
0: things. Yes, all of this, all of this is to be said that no one uh, that you've heard speak on this program is at all qualified to give <laughs> no. you tax advice. That is yeah, that's true. but here's, here's my takeaway here, all right, so it's not about you know whether your bears tickets are, are a write-off. that's for your accountant to decide. But I guess my, my overarching point is that before the, before you let the news tell you or, or social media or really anything tell you whether or not a home is affordable for you. That That is not where the inquiry should end. In fact, it's not even where it should begin. Where the inquiry should begin is talking to either someone like Steve or someone like Joey and finding out from them what does it look like for me to buy a house and what can I realistically borrow and and what is that monthly payment going to be boiling it down to the actual dollars and cents of it rather than saying this house costs more hundred thousand dollars more than it would have if I had a bought in 2020 and therefore it's unaffordable that's that's really uh, uh fallacious um you know that that's the that's the kind of well
2: the conversations' you were free. thinking
0: right <laughs> um, it, <laughs> no <laughs> it's it's so you know not that i don't want to i don't want to get all fake newsy uh, cuz that's a different radio station um but you know the, the the whatever you're hearing um you know from whatever uh outlet that y- that you prefer that you that you consume um you know news or whatever your media buy yeah okay. J- Chuck it out the window as far as, you know, okay, so I want to, you know, get into a, a housing situation, rent, buy, whatever it is. Um, if you just default to the idea that, well, I can't afford to buy a home, I'm going to go out and, and look for something to rent, um, if... if, if if that's if that's where you're at mentally, you know, all good. You know, and, and this is all going to sound, you know, very self-serving since I'm a real estate lawyer and, and I, you know, make money when people buy and sell real estate. Suffice to say, I'm not going to represent every single person out there. I'm not even going to re- represent probably one percent of home buyers or sellers. So, the decision you make whether to buy or sell a house really doesn't affect me personally. Okay, I don't give this advice so that i have more business because it's this advice is not going to get me more business this advice is probably going to get some other lawyer more business probably Mm going to get some other uh, real estate broker more business so this advice is meant for people right so you know and where there's a will there's a way right if
2: you're thinking about it it's worth that conversation talk to talk to that realtor talk to the mortgage broker talk to your accountant maybe you can make that happen Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised how they have Financial instruments and things of that nature, are creative thinking that can get you to go. There's a lot if you of products.
1: There's a lot of products out there that will allow you to to purchase. Like sure. Home equity lines,
2: all kinds of stuff that you can <clears throat> you can try to tap into to get get what you need to get going. If that if you're feeling trapped, don't feel trapped.
0: Yeah. Talk va- to somebody. And, and the see. vast majority of us are going to develop a significant portion of our lifetime wealth based on the purchase of of our of the homes we live in. You know that that's that's the bottom line and mm-hmm. steve you talked about you know people making this the, the decision to rent out uh their home instead of sell and pay off that mortgage that's at a low interest rate i saw a lot of that back in the great recession where people uh were in homes they needed to to move on uh but they it, you know they were underwater and so they became right. unwilling uh landlords and you know right that's another frog in a frying pan situation where you know at a certain point you go eh, you know you weigh the x and the y of it usually it's when um, you know okay hey you know'm I'm, I'm netting 400 bucks a month on, on this rental it's free money basically right and then you get that call and that call is hey it's Negative fifteen and I had to call on Monday. The furnace went out. I went and fixed the frozen pipes at my rental. And then mm-hmm. the next fix- call <sighs> is to Steve going, I gotta get rid of this thing. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know, I replaced all the mechanicals in my rental. And I, I again,
1: was- that's because they were not educated on how everything works. Sure. Yep. Yeah. It makes I, a huge difference. Well, and
0: and sometimes it's a, it's a, it won't happen to me, happen to me mentality. I, I was one of those people who bought a home in uh, the beginning of 2007 at the peak of the market. And by, you know, 12 months into it, the, the place was worth, you know, <laughs> $50,000 less. Ooh. And it, It's not an expensive place. I bought that place for $185,000 in, in 2007. It wasn't worth what I bought it for until I think 2021. Um, but I was able to rent it out, and it, and it worked. In 2021, I spent 10 grand replacing all the mechanicals, not because I had an extra 10 grand to spend, but because they all decided all at once to go. Yeah, we're done. You know, it's it's enough. I got 30 grand. Uh, 30 grand. I got 30 years out of them. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I yeah, can, you won on that side. I it. can hardly complain uh, to, yeah. the, to that. Uh, Actually, they wear out. They do. They do. So you know, words to the wise as far as if you're you know weighing those options. Um, You know, it's not an if thing, it's a when uh, you're going to have some big expense and you know the the hassle of that, the phone calls never come at, you know, 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. The phone calls invariably invariably come at 9 p.m. on a Sunday Mm. after you've, you know, been to the Bears game with Steve and had (laughs) not 17 beers but a few. And you're not looking to deal with it. Ah! Absolutely not. (laughs) Voicemail. Voicemail. Tomorrow. We'll talk tomorrow. Guys, why does this this person keep calling me? I don't understand. (laughs) The new phone. Who this? We're just about out of time. Real quick. Mark, tell me about you and your company. Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Uh, You can reach
2: us at thehomeinspectors.com or you can call 312 544 9180 if you need us. We're willing to come out even in the cold. Any house, any size. 24-7. 24 Call
0: and dial the number three. You will get Charlie. He'll pick up at 2 a.m. Well, maybe not oh, that, man. but Oh, we'll... man. You're serious. <laughs> he got some crap for that. If he,
2: if he cared, he'd be here to defend himself. <laughs> that's oh, that's going to be a
0: phone call later. what's <laughs> so, up. I am going to clip that. He hears that one. Uh, Steve, tell me about you and tell me about sure. what you do, how to get a hold of you. Sure. Um, Steve Davis,
1: Compass, Residential Real Estate. Uh, My number is 312-513-6314, 312-513-6314. My uh, email address is stevedavis at compass.com, and my Instagram is I'm Steve Davis. Please do follow, like, and share.
0: That is what's up. I'm Patrick Loftus. I'm a real estate lawyer with Loftus Law. Find me on Instagram, loftus underscore law. Find me on TikTok at Law. You know, we are in business to make money, but it just so happens our business is also helping people. So reach out because we'd like to help because it also gets us paid. Guys, this has been the Homebuyer's Hour on WCPT 8 AM 820, where facts matter, and I am out of here. Bye-bye. Later.